This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So right now on the phone, uh, Kevin and Ian with you from Metal Shop, and we also have Mr. Dave Mustaine of the Almighty Megadeth. Thanks for taking the time today, Dave. You're welcome, guys. The new Megadeth record, uh, Dystopia, is coming out in January. We're pumped on it. 2015's been a huge year for Megadeth. Uh, you guys have obviously made a few changes, and... Uh, I would, do you think it'd be fair to say that Megadeth has kind of like got a new life breathed into it here in 2015? I think so. I think that's an easy way to say it. It's probably the easiest way to, to get the point across to people. You know, we, we feel what you're trying to say, you know, just kind of invigorated. Right. Just, you know, we have a, a, what do they call it, a comeback tour? Yeah, nice. Something like that, yeah. Uh, well, first off, we've heard a couple songs from the new Megadeth record, Dystopia. What can we expect from the rest of it when it's dropped? Well, uh, depending on which songs you, you guys have already had a chance to listen to, uh, it would give you an idea what the rest of the record is. It's not all quite like Fatal Illusion. Yeah, that's and, what we and, yeah, if you had a chance to hear any other tracks on the record, um, you'd be able to tell that it's a little bit more diversified. It's not quite as uh, as uh, mid-tempo as Super Collider was. That record was a snapshot of what was going on in my life at the time, which right. all the records had been. And having my mother-in-law die in front of me when, you know, the, the process of Alzheimer's, which I don't know if you guys have ever lost a family member to Alzheimer's, have, it's yeah. really brutal because, you, you know, you watch them slowly but surely die in front of you. Yeah, it's and by all intents and pur- Yeah, it, by all intents and purposes, it looks totally like they're normal. And so that came across in the record. And, you know, I've never been one to make fake records like, oh, hey, I'm, you know, I'm happy, dumb, and, you know, just going <laughs> right. through life like this and I'm going to fake you out. Um, you know, I've, I've shared what's going on. So... Uh, Super Collider was a little bit more sad for me. When this record came out, you know, the the ensuing events that had happened several years uh, prior to that, leading up to the record, you know, a lot of stuff that's going on in the industry right now, what you can say, what you can't say, you yeah. know, the things that I believe, the things I don't believe, watching what's going on in the news, watching what's being covered up in the news. It was real apparent to me that the time was ripe for another record like sells but who's buying or like uh, rest in peace awesome. or countdown something that was very you know aggressive in your face not necessarily pessimistic but something that was thought-provoking it not saying more, uh, it sounds a little more pissed yeah I would say so but not telling people what to do because I think that's one of the biggest problems people think that I tell people what to do I don't I, it's basically like here's a situation See for yourself. And think for yourself. Yeah, because not a lot of people do that anymore. They let their pop stars tell them what to do. In a, in a, in a society full of Dancing with the Stars and American Idol, you know, people have a seven-second attention span right yep. now, and they don't really pay attention to life. You know, somebody had said to me what I like the most about touring, and, you know, after you've played a concert, you know, 7,000 times, the thing that you get to benefit the most out of touring is looking out the window, meeting people, mm. trying to be nice to people helping people you know i think one of the most peculiar things is seeing the look on people's faces in hotels when i'm there 
and I open the door for people. You know, they kind of look at me like, what are you going to grab my purse? You're going to carjack me? <laughs> Something like that. And it's, no, I think that, that that's one of the things I like the most is going to different areas and, and, and also seeing the culture and the civilization. I've had some really great times up in Seattle. And, uh, you know, if, if you don't pay attention, you're, you're going to miss it. Yeah, it's like finding little pieces of human decency, like little treasures throughout the country as you travel around. Yeah, and that's the beauty of it, too, is to remind yourself that there are decent people, you know, like one of my favorite uh, stories recently that you were telling is when you uh, had moved back to Nashville again, most recently had been pulled over and the cop was like, hey, just wanted to let you know, we're really glad you're here. Oh, so cool. the guy. Yeah, the guy pockets. Yeah, that was cool. So, Scared me. Yeah, I bet. Be like, oh, crap. Here we go. Well, yeah, I was drinking first thing in the morning. So, you know, I was <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. You gotta make your own rules every once in a That's while. That's right. Uh, now I'm I'm really excited to hear the new record, uh, 13 originals and two cover songs. I'm seeing you guys did Buddy and Fear, or Budgie rather, sorry, and Fear. Close. Uh, what did you? Why these songs? I know you've worked with uh, Fear members before. Well, I did. I worked with Leaving, and the reason that we chose those songs for the cover tracks on here, you know, we had ten tracks that were written for the record prior to us hiring Kiko and. And uh, David Ellison had seen some of them while we were working in my studio in California, in my, my San Diego house. And um, when we got out to Nashville, uh, we were talking with uh, management and our attorneys and stuff like that about the obligations that we have. You know, how many songs do we need to put out? How many B-sides do we need? How, how many cover tracks do we need? What are the different things that we, we uh, need to do to fulfill our commitment? And... Um, we started looking at a bunch of different cover tracks. You know, the Budgie track was obvious in 1976. I'd heard that record when I was really young and had a little surf punk. And I always thought it would be great to do that song. And, and you know, Fear has been a band that I've always been a fan of. We were going to do Living in the City, but, uh, you know, David Ellison and Slash used to hang out together all the time. I don't know if you know this or not, but Slash was actually uh, almost the guitar player in Megadeth at one point. And, and I believe that... Um, it's quite possible that the reason that Guns N' Roses had done Living in the City was because they had heard somehow vis-a-vis -vis our late night parties <laughs> over milk and cookies um, exactly. with uh, the guys in the band about us wanting to do that song and then them ending up doing it. So I thought foreign policy was great because it's so relevant today with us not having any foreign policy. What was it like working with Chris Adler of the Almighty Lamb of God on the new Megadeth record? Uh, any adaptation? need to happen there? Well, we did do some small adaptations with his drum set. We made some small changes with his tom-toms and a couple of his cymbals because of the uh, the instrument itself and the tonality of it. When you're playing certain kind of music like uh, Lamb of God stuff, his choice for snares and tom-toms and cymbals uh, are very much his own, and, and they work with that band with those tones because that's something that they've established and the listener's already familiar familiar with hearing that caliber of a drum kit Absolutely. working uh, on those kind of riffs. So when you hear Megadeth stuff doing like that, some of those more brighter sounding cymbals wouldn't wouldn't seem right. And we adjusted the drum set just a little bit, got a beefier snare, a little bit beefier tom-toms. In fact, we added a couple of tom-toms for him too. And uh, I think that once we started the actual tracking, it was great because we had so many different snares that we were trying. And Chris got to really um, explore, you know, use a lot 
lot of stuff that he wouldn't necessarily have used before. Cool. Yeah, like painting with sound. Yes. Uh, you guys just announced a huge, huge tour package here. You guys are going to be doing North America with Suicidal Tendencies and Children of Bodom. Uh, first of all, congratulations. That tour is going to kick ass. I already know So right packed. Now. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, and, guys. And uh, what I did notice, or I guess didn't notice, was a Seattle date on that tour list. Is that something we missed, or are we going to be seeing you guys later later in 2016? Uh, you know, I don't I don't know. Um, I, that's surprising to me. That that may be, there may be a reason there for that. There were a couple I, of holes in the calendar, but I just, I don't know if you, it had maybe just not been finalized yet, but I just, uh, we didn't see Seattle on there, so we just wanted to find out for sure we, when we'd see it, because we want to hear that new record, you know? Yeah, I'm not sure, guys. I think that maybe because the promoters don't like you. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, all right. Cool. No, like, I'm just oh, kidding. Metal Shop, no. We're not yeah, no, I, I don't know. I, I mean, you know me. I would love to play anywhere. We're, we're really open about wanting to play for people. David Ellison and I had this... Uh, mantra in the very beginning we said that we would play any place that had you know power and and um, a stage and okay. and unfortunately we had a, an agent at some point that heard that and put us in a couple dumps like that along the way <laughs> uh now you guys did just make huge headlines by playing over for uh metal fans in china uh aside from the u.s what's one of your favorite countries to uh to get to when you're on that tour circuit well see that's the hardest part um uh, of touring is the getting there the Travel. worst part of the worst part of the day is the 22 hours waiting you know and and waiting and waiting so um the the uh performance actually makes up for that uh disappointment with uh, not being able to talk with people um and and i think that um the venues that probably are the funnest for us to go to are when you get to some of the tropical places like thailand going to australia oh, yeah. um, we're going to be going to uh, hawaii soon my wife and i are having our 25th anniversary congratulations thanks and and uh so uh i talked to our management and i said can you please take us out to hawaii that's where we got married we want to go back there so we're really excited about being able to go out and play the islands we haven't done it for a while and not a lot of metal bands get a chance to go out there so um we've played there once before a long time ago and it was just freaking great and uh we're really looking forward to going back out there do you notice anything different in the audiences of countries that you don't get to very often? Like, is there more of a sense of, I wouldn't say gratitude, but is it just more aggressive? Like, I got to get this chance in while I still can. A lot of it has to do with the uh, the socionomics of wherever you're at, depending on what the economy is like. Because sometimes ticket prices are so astronomically priced that it's just, it's unfair. You know, you see some of these venues where... Um, I remember we'd heard that the ticket prices were three months worth of um, wow. the the uh, what is it minimum wage. Someone would have had to have worked three months just to get a concert ticket, and I was so angry and offended. I think it was in La Paz or something because okay. they were lighting off sticks of dynamite in front of the hotel, and um, I was like, you know what, those M80s are pretty freaking loud, and they were like, no, senor, these are from the miners. You know, they <laughs> oh, they God. mine up here and they light up the stick of dynamite to show you they like you. And I'm like, what do they do if they love us? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Or what if they do if they don't like Pull you? out the shotguns. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, the, the, that's the cool thing, too, about, you know, traveling is you get to see these different uh, displays of affection for people. Sometimes you see banners. Sometimes you see... I remember we played in Buenos Aires, and there's this mound that had this beautiful garden on it and, and had these colored rocks that were assembled to spell out the Sheraton logo. Um, it was black and white rocks, really pretty. And, and um, we check in the next morning, the fan said, change the Sheraton logo to a Megadeth logo. Sweet. <laughs> and it was like, come on, man. That was really cool. So, <laughs> Just in case you didn't know, Megadeth owns this hotel That's now. right. That's Damn right. It. Uh, I was kind of wondering, I've heard a few pretty badass covers of Megadeth before. Have you had the chance to hear any younger bands covering Megadeth? And are there any that stand out to you? Um, you know, I did hear a long time ago a couple people playing some stuff, but I stopped listening to it because um, there was... Um there was a couple that were really bad and just kind of frustrated me. So, Fair man, come on, swing and a miss. No, but you know there are uh, there are a lot of great cover bands that do Megadeth stuff, and and we just actually had a uh, cover band. Um, do our, our fan uh, fair that we had in, in London recently, which right. was really great. You know, we went into a small pub, held 400 people. We gave proceeds to uh, a nonprofit uh, charity, which was called uh, Outside of the Bowl. And um, that, that was... Um, uh, no, the one in London was for uh, Gingerbread House, excuse me. And that was for parents, uh, kids that have uh, single parents. Okay. So, oh, cool. uh, yeah, we try and really, really share with our audience by doing stuff. You know, it's not always comfortable or convenient for us, but, you know, charity isn't always supposed to be comfortable and convenient, exactly. you know. So um, we did uh, that with this band called UK, uh, Me or Megadeth UK, I think it is, or UK Megadeth, vice versa. And they, they actually play really good. Uh, it's funny to hear someone else trying to sing like me, though, because, <laughs> yeah, right. you know, it's like when you hear yourself on a, an answering machine, you're like, do I sound like that? Really sound my like voice? God. Yeah, <laughs> I sound skinny. <laughs> what a wuss. Speaking yeah. of which, all right, now you guys have been you know, a metal band spreading it around for over 30 years. If you had a chance to go back and tell or talk to 20-year-old Dave Mustaine, what's one thing that you would say, or you know, based on the knowledge you've built up over the last few decades? Uh, don't quit. It gets better. Nice. I like that. I like that. That's awesome. Dave Mustaine, oh, thank you again so much for talking to us here in Seattle. Uh, we hope to see you guys again over the course of 2016. Oh, you will. And uh, Megadeth's new record, Dystopia, coming out on the 22nd of January. Go check that out, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon, Dave. Thanks, Thanks boys. I hope to get up there, and I apologize for this uh, overlooking Seattle. I'll, I'll get on the horn with our agent right away and see if we can fix that. Awesome. Cheers. Thanks, man. You got it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.